0: Welcome to The Artist Appeals. This is Erin Sparler and I'm your host. In The Artist Appeals, we interview artists, crafters, photographers, and business professionals about the business of art. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the show. This episode of The Artist Appeals is near and dear to my heart because in this episode, we're going to talk with an old friend of mine. I went to school, grad school, out in San Francisco with him. We both studied 3D animation, but he got a job and worked for the same company for oh near on fifteen years, I think. And now he recently, a couple of years ago, transferred to a company called A V Design in Billeth, Denmark. Do you guys know what's in Billeth, Denmark? I'll give you a hint, if you step on them, they hurt like the dickens. (laughs) That's right. He works for a company that makes the animations, the shorts, for Lego. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, without further ado, please let me introduce you to my old dear friend, Casper de la Cruz. Well, welcome, Casper. Thank you so much for coming on the Artist Appeals. I'm so psyched to have you.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: <laughs> so, Casper, where do you work nowadays?
1: I work at a small company called AV Design, and uh, we do 3D animations, well, for a lot of different com- companies, but, but we do a lot of our work for Lego.
0: And where in the world are you now, Casper? I
1: am in a small town called Billund in Denmark, and we are located here because this is the home of Lego.
0: (laughs) So you're like 5, 10, 15 minutes from Lego?
1: Exactly.
0: Sweet. I so want to come visit you. (laughs) Come on over. We'll do. We'll do. After this episode, I'm going to have to get me some tickets. So, maybe we should give a little backstory. How do I know you? How do we know each other?
1: We know each other because we went to school together. We went uh, from what, uh, 96 to 2000. We went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it was um, 98 to 2001 that I was there, oh, I think. I, okay. I did three years for a grad degree. What did you get your degree in? I got
1: it in. Uh, computer arts
0: yeah that's the same degree i have okay i wasn't sure and you focused on modeling right
1: yes well, so well. where was your
0: first <laughs> what
1: that's uh not exactly what i what i'm doing anymore but you know that that's <laughs> what i got my uh, degree in
0: <laughs> but yeah you know, do that, elaborate that's the way it, it is isn't it
1: yeah modeling was always my my first love but you know once you actually Mm -hmm. start to uh, to work you know you got to do what they need you to do you know so you got to learn to you know do a lot of different stuff.
0: What was your first gig?
1: My first job was at a small company north of San Francisco called Ronin and we made one of the first Mm. games for for the Xbox and it was a it was a fi- fighting game called the uh, Bruce Lee, The Last Dragon, I think it was called. Ah. The game didn't turn out amazing because, you know, there, there were a lot of last second changes on it. But, you know, it was our first effort. So, you know, and it mm-hmm. was a to- totally new si- system. You know, no nobody had been playing around with the Xbox then. So, you know. Nobody Mm -hmm. really knew what they were doing.
0: Mm. Were you guys using Maya?
1: Yes, we were. Cool. But, you know, since we didn't really know what the Xbox could could do, you know, the requirements were pretty much changing weekly. So, you know, we kind (laughs) of had to go go and redo everything every week for the new requirements.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice learning curve.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was a, you know, good learning experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you are in the 3D world. And um, now you're over there working in Denmark, which is so cool. And, you know, we talk in the Artist Appeals. I use this acronym, Appeals, to try and categorize this huge body of creativity, you know, art. So you're in the 3D world, the 3D art world. What kind of tips and tricks would you kind of have for our audience about entering the 3D world now, 20 years later? Got any thoughts?
1: Oh, tips and tricks.
0: Probably well, there's Maya, 3D, right?
1: Probably that you should learn 3D Studio Max. It seems like a lot, lot of people is go, going that way. but. Uh, oh, Yeah. For me, it's always been been ben, 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 Maya. You know, I love Maya.
0: Yeah. And, you know, do you think you need to go to school for it? Or do you think people can break into um, 3D animation and, and the field now without it?
1: I mean, you, you probably can, but...
0: You'd have to be awesome, you awesome. You better ha-
1: ha- have a really, really good de- demo reel if you have no, no schooling, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the demo reel for a second. So, in this field, the equivalent of like an art portfolio is the demo reel, right? So you you have this exactly. short compilation of clips that show things you've made. Yep. What? 30 to 30 seconds to 2 minutes max?
1: Yep, pretty much. Yeah. And then, you know, it just show, shows, you know, different stuff that you have worked on.
0: Mhm. Mhm
1: Very often it'll you know show a pretty polished clip, but that doesn't mean that you have done everything. you know you have done one part of what you're showing you know or many, many times. you can also show a finished clip, but then you break apart the clip to show the part of the clip that you did.
0: Right, so you show the short little clip of the uh, wolf jumping in the snow and then you exactly. show the 3d model of the wolf you made
1: exactly then you explain what part of that shot that you made
0: do you normally do that with titles or like on a separate piece of paper like a resume
1: yeah i mean you can it's just you know it's nice to break apart part the the part that you did Mm -hmm. because otherwise they'll, they'll they'll probably see six or seven different people's work and you know it's hard to tell who did what.
0: Yeah. Well that's the amazing thing about 3D animation, right? So what are the different categories in 3D animation? We got modeling, we got effects. Can you tell us some other the fields, the specializations?
1: Well I mean you have, you know, the animation, you have the the rigging, you have the lighting and you know, it goes through a whole bunch of people before it gets to you, you know? Like at my current job I have some somehow become the the VFX guy. So, you know, oh, yeah? I make, you know, if they they need explosions or smoke or dust and stuff like that, that's what I sit, sit and do.
0: Oh, I didn't know but, transition you know, transitioned into really effects. What I went.
1: Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing that I have, you know, really gone to school for, but that was what they need, needed me to do at this company. So, you know, you just, sit down and then you learn how to do it
0: yeah now you're doing the effects in maya or houdini because i know houdini is kind of the preferred software for effects right or was
1: yes but uh i do do it in maya but okay. i was actually looking today at two other softwares that that we might transition over to just because you know it'll probably make some more, more you know more advanced effects and it'll it'll probably look a little, little bit better
0: oh what are these new softwares well i mean they're
1: ba- basically plugins for maya so it'll still be done ah. within Ma- maya but through these plugins i was looking at one called, called phoenix and one called fume
0: oh cool ah oh, awesome so you know Product. What can you make with 3D animation? That's actually one of the. I, I didn't. You know, I didn't go into 3D animation. I have a computer arts degree, like you do, but I ended up behind the podium teaching as a as a professor yeah. straight out of grad school. <laughs> Trial by fire. Here you go. Teach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are some of the things you can make with 3D animation nowadays? Like.
1: Well, I think it's probably easier to just say, what can't you make? You know, (laughs) nowadays, yeah, I mean, nowadays you can pretty much make anything. So, you know, it's it's hard to trust that what you're seeing is real because it's starting to look so good that you can pretty much make anything your heart
0: desires, you know? Yeah. Well, then there's the whole deep fakes thing. You've heard about that in the news, right? Oh, yes, definitely.
1: I, I've seen the videos so, of Obama and then when he's rapping and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's starting to look really, really good, so it's hard to tell. Yeah,
0: yeah it's crazy. Yeah, so you can make yeah. pretty much anything in 3D. You know, have you seen some of these softwares now that'll um, laser cut or mold your, your 3D design for you? Like websites that oh, yeah. do almost like print-on-demand.
1: Yep, I've seen that, and, you know, the prices are even coming down, so.
0: Yeah, they're pretty reasonable. So your company that you work at now, they don't really make a physical product. They make little movies, right? Little shorts for Lego?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, uh, the company that I, that I work for, they have, like, um, several different de- departments, you know. Like a part, mm. part of the com- com- company makes radio and another part they make, you know, commercials, but like filmed commercials, not 3D. But then the department oh. that I'm in, we make 3D commercials or 3- 3D movies.
0: Oh, okay. So you work for almost a, kind of sounds like an advertising house. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that's what it would be around here.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, we, we're still small, but, you know, we're, we're growing at a ra- rapid pace.
0: What does small
1: mean? I think we are 13 people right now. But, like, like a year ago, we, we were, like, seven.
0: For the whole company? Yep. That is pretty small. So, yeah, you guys make a lot more products than I knew. That's amazing that you make radio... And TV commercials, film commercials, and 3D animation commercials with 13 people. Yep. That sounds like a lot of work.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we even have an office in L.A., believe it or not. What?
0: Why do you have an office in L.A.?
1: Well, I shouldn't say office. We have a couple of people that work from L.A. Oh. That, that, you know, support the American market.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay, so you have a couple of salespeople over in L.A., Now, that's interesting because it it kind of allows you to work different hours, right? Oh, yes. You're six hours ahead, I believe, right now.
1: Yep. So I'm in
0: New York time and you're six hours ahead. Well, very cool. You guys make a lot of products. So let's talk about presentation because the 3D world presentation is totally different and it's evolving and changing and growing all the time. You know, what was good 20 years ago is like totally lame nowadays. So yeah. what do you think about presentation and uh, 3D animation and, and stuff like that?
1: Well, you know, for the products that we make, you know, Lego are very, very specific about what they want. Yeah. So, I mean, they already have, like, set color charts and everything because, you know, when we, when we make a a 3d animation, you know, it has to look like it's the real colors of the Lego bricks and everything.
0: Right. So they're strongly branded.
1: Exactly. So, you know, we already have, you know, a very, very set path that we have to, to follow because, you know, people can't, you know, look at the 3D animation and think, oh, that's so pretty. I I, I want to buy that. And then when they try to buy it, it looks totally different. That that's so a big it really no-no. has
0: to match the product. Right. Interesting. And like what kind of exports do you guys do for your presentation? Like how do you what do you send them over? And what kind of file formats do you use? And like where do you put your stuff? How do you present it nowadays?
1: Well, you, usually we just make, make like an MPEG mo- movie that, that we send, send to them. Basically, what they use our movies for is that in all of their stores, you know, they always mm-hmm. play the, these little cute mo- movies, you know, for all the Legos that they are se- se- yeah. selling. And those are the movies that we make for them.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So they put them on a kiosk. Yes. Cool. Very interesting. Well, presentation of 3D animation is, is funny because it's so quick. You know, so much work goes into such a short little video, right? Oh, yes. How long does it take you to make like 60 seconds of animation, do you think?
1: Oh, weeks and weeks. Right. I think that they usually say that it takes three weeks of work for every second of animation.
0: Wow! And that's for experienced animators. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Luckily, the movies we make usually aren't that long, because then you Mm -hmm. know it takes a really long time, especially you know when you have to render something out. You know, some sometimes we're looking at hundreds of hours of, of ren- render time.
0: Oh, yeah. So rendering for our audience is when you actually make the computer put everything you've made, all the models, all the animations, all the motion, all the effects, everything, the rigging, blah, 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 all together, right? As And exported as the final movie, right? Yes,
1: exactly. When, when the com- computer shoots out your, your uh, final movie sometimes that takes a long long time
0: (laughs) do you guys have a render farm
1: we do i mean it's just a tiny one but it's a fast one
0: nice very good so how did this um company this little 13 person company get the gig well i mean besides the fact that they're right next to lego but how do you educate your audience as to the importance of your work? So as a company or as a 3D animator, it's a little bit different educating your audience because your audience is pretty educated to begin with, right? Yes. So how do you talk about it? Go ahead.
1: Well, basically how this company came about was that um, there used to be Another three D count company in Billund where where Lego mm-hmm. is, but they they kind of got in all over their head, and you know they kind kind of you know wait, wasted a lot of money and went out of business. Mm. So then, oh, so then you know my boss that owns you know our company he he got asked if they didn't want to start three D. And then, you know, at one point, he just decided to, you know, try it. So they hired two people. But those two Mm -hmm. people realized that, you know, we're going to need some more people. And, um, (laughs) you know, uh, just by pure, pure luck, you know, the wife of one of those guys knew Karina. So they asked Karina if she wanted a job. So, So they hired her and then was she already you know, back from rewinds- LA already oh yes oh yes uh, she she was actually uh, working at a 3D company in Copenhagen at the time
0: okay karina's a mutual friend of ours you guys yes mm-hmm. and then you know
1: but but you know she was having like a 3 hour commute every day and this you know Ooh. now she can get a 3 job in the same town where she already lived. So, of course, you know, she started to work there. But nice. then they realized that they needed some more pe- people. So they asked her if she knew someone, you know, who knew 3D. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I have a guy sleeping on my
0: couch. And that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a guy sleeping on my couch. Nice. So it's still because really a lot I of had word of just mouth. Moved
1: there yeah oh yeah yes yeah.
0: and yeah. I mean do you guys work in english or what language yes. do you guys primarily speak over there?
1: Everything is d- done in English. I mean we are in Denmark, so of course a lot a lot of the people when they talk amongst themselves they they speak in Danish, but you know mm-hmm. in order for everybody to understand everything because Lego you know they they have people from all over the world so when mm-hmm. something is going to get done and get done right, we always do it in English. Then, so you know, English everybody is the language of business. Yep,
0: So exactly. somebody could move over there and work for a company like this and not be able to speak Danish.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. In this li- little town of Billund, I think there's more foreigners here than there's actual Danes. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they're happy about that.
1: Yep. I mean, it's kind kind of weird, but it's kind kind of fun, too.
0: Oh, I bet it is. Very diverse, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll definitely notice it when you come out here. Everybody speaks English.
0: Oh, excellent. I love it. It's been my goal with all these interviews, all the research I've been doing, my whole academic career, To figure out how to make money with your art and I imagine that that's probably what you're trying to do too right we all want to do something that we love for a living yeah totally who wouldn't who wants a dead-end job so after all this research and all these interviews I've discovered four secrets the four top secrets to making money with your art and now I have a 12-page report outlining the four top secrets to making money with your art. You can download this guide for free at how to make That's right, I got that domain name. So just head on over to how to make All spelled out, no numbers and get your free report on how to make money with your art. So yeah, when you're educating um, your audience in 3D animation and in the computer arts, they're already pretty savvy. So you've really gotta be up your game, right? And then we talk about like amplifying. So like how do you increase your outreach Oh, and I should mention with educating, we always talk about story and, well, Lego is like the king of story. They have some of the best stories for kids, like storylines. I watch them adults. with my kids and it's interesting because they have enough humor in there for adults. Do you guys get the storylines direct from Lego or who does the the stories?
1: Well, uh, usually they, they kind of give us a kind of like a direction that they want to go in. And then, you know, we kind of sit down and, and we, you know, bra- brainstorm a li- little bit. And then we try to, mm-hmm. to put some, some cute humor in there, you know, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lego has, you know, this certain kind of humor where, you know, it's not abrasive. It's just, you know, it's usually cute because it's for kids, you know. So we try to put some of that yeah. in there. And then you know we make a storyboard and we send it to them, and then we see if they like like it or not, and as soon as they mm-hmm. you know like it, then they give us the go ahead and we start to make the animation of it.
0: Cool. do they have like launches for specific products, so they tell you hey we're um we want you to make a video for this new set yep,
1: definitely, definitely they do
0: okay, so do you guys get a set to play with
1: <laughs> uh sometimes sometimes you know they have to give it to us before it's out so sometimes you know we only Mm -hmm. get 3d models of it and not the actual you know fit physical model of it
0: Mm. now they're 3d models they send them over do they make those in maya or you have to convert them like that's interesting they send you the models Do you have to remodel them for your software, or can you just use them the way they send them to you?
1: No, I think that they have their proprietary software where where they scan them. Oh. Because they're very, very nice, the models that we get. They're usually pretty much perfect from the get-go. Oh, cool. Interesting. I think that they scan them, and then, then, you know, we just make small adjustments to, to them to make them work with Maya. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're ready to go from there.
0: Interesting. So let's talk about automation and, like, systems. So obviously, 3D animation is a huge process. And, you know, we're always looking at ways to make things faster. What do you guys do, like... Can you walk us through kind of, we've gotten bits and pieces so far, but can you kind of walk us through the whole process and how you guys automate it or make it faster? Do you know what I'm saying? Can you walk us through, like, from start to finish a video? Like, what do you do?
1: Sure. First, you know, we get the storyboard approved. And as soon as we have mm-hmm. that, you know, we have animators that, that start to, you know, animate. And first they do mm-hmm. blocking, it's called. It's just like a rough animation so we can kind of see what's happening. As soon yeah, as we have that, we send Yeah, if he moves from point A to it. point B. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we se- send that to to Lego so they can can see it and we get the okay on that. And as soon as we got the, mm-hmm. the okay on that, then they make final animation. And uh, mm. while that, that is be, being, being done, we have one person that sits and makes, uh, you know, backgrounds. And we have mm-hmm. one per- person that sit, sits and does lighting so everything look, mm. looks good. And then we have mm-hmm. me where, you know, I sit and make smoke and explosions and whatever you need, you know. Dust and all that stuff, water, and then you know, kind of sounds like fun. All of that, exactly, and then all (laughs) of that get gets rendered out as separate layers, and then we have one person that kind of combines all of those layers, and then you know, we have a final movie once all those layers are combined. And uh, excellent what we did different this year from last year was that we got a new rendering software. That's a mm. lot faster than, than what we had last year. So like, li- like on some of our ren- ren- rendered frames on our old software, mm-hmm. it would take maybe two and a half hours for, for one frame. And you know, in one second wow. there's 30 frames. So, you know, That becomes a lot of time. But with the new one, it was like five minutes a frame.
0: That's incredible. So, you know,
1: you can save hundreds of hours hours there. Yeah.
0: So that's a way to make it faster. Now, do you guys all work simultaneously on, so the person that's animating and the person that is adding the lighting and you're adding the effects, you guys are all kind of, near each other all working together passing files off and on or working simultaneously
1: exactly yep yep Yeah. we're all kind of sitting in the same room and you know mm-hmm. some things you have to wait for like let let's say that they have a spaceship that that's flying around right and then mm-hmm. you know if i'm gonna put you know fire you know in the engines i have to wait until they're done with the animation because otherwise i don't know where to put the fire right so you know they have right. to be done but for other things you know if they're doing let, let, let's say a background or if they're doing lighting you know they can do do that without the animation being being done so mo- most of the time we we can all be working at the same time
0: right and that makes things faster, everybody having one specific right. task and being able to work at the same time. Oh, oh yes. well, yeah, it's all about systems and a- automation in, in 3D, huh? Oh, yeah. But I mean, we're all si- sitting
1: there in the same room. So, you know, you know, I can always scream to the next guy, you know, are, are you done with shot five? Can I, <laughs> can, I, can I start shot five or should I keep going on, on shot three, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I remember file naming conventions was a big thing when we were in the field is that you've really got to have organization, you've got to have file naming conventions, which basically means things have to be named the same, so that you can work on the different files and not overwrite stuff and whatever. Any, I don't know, thoughts, tips, tricks, like what do you guys do for file naming conventions? Like to keep all this since you're creating different layers, how do you guys organize it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we have had several meetings about this because, you know, usually what ends up happening is that, you know, you have a file called final and then you realize, oh, I'm not done. So then, then, then finally, you know, it becomes final, final. And then you realize you have some more <laughs> stuff to do. So it becomes final, final, final two, you know, and that's <laughs> what you don't want. So.
0: Right. This is ongoing, right? Even in a professional company. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, you know, what what we try to do is to, to make a file file structure. So, you know, we have, you know, the background plate is in one folder. And then we have, you know, like a VFX folder where, where, where I render my frames to, because, you know, it all go, goes, goes into separate layers. So, you know, mm-hmm. we try to, to, you know, keep them separate. So, you know, I don't write all over something that someone else has already made and stuff like that.
0: Well, God forbid at two and a half hours to render one second oh, yes. that you overwrite somebody else's stuff.
1: Yeah. That would but, suck. You know, of course, you know, mistakes are always made, but, you know, hopefully, you know, you you catch it quick. And that's why we have different folders. So we try to mm-hmm. keep them separate, you know, to to keep the mistakes to a minimum.
0: Right. You know, on a really simplified level with like photography or artwork, a lot of times, say I take a photograph of something, I'll just name it capital ORG at the end of the file name. So, you know, a little description of uh, maybe the date, time, year, and then the file number of the photograph. And then I'll do underscore capital ORG to indicate the original. And then you can change that and do 01, 02, 03 as versions. And then yep. when I get to the end, I might do 99, 100, 101. <laughs> and then finally, I'll do final at the end, capital F-I-N-A-L. So file naming conventions are important in any artwork, You know, whether you're doing design or illustration oh, yeah. or photography or 3D animation, having a system, right?
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, we've done art, we've done product, we've done presentation, we did educate, we did amplify. Oh, on to licensing and contracts. (laughs) Oh, Oh, now this is the fun part, right? Licensing and contracts. Licensing and contracts is still really relevant in 3D animation. Like, Mm -hmm. what kind of contracts do you guys use?
1: Well... Like a true artist, you know, I really try to stay away from all of that because I get really, really <laughs> bored really, really quickly by it. <laughs> but you know Right,
0: but they're so important.
1: Oh yes. But you know, that de- definitely, you know, wh- when you work with Lego and you know, we also work with Disney and some of the other companies, you know, you know, wow. you really have there. To make make sure. Oh yeah, you know, you really have to make sure that you got it right cuz you know, it will come back and bite bite you otherwise. But you know, uh-huh. you know, we we have people that, you know, look through all of that and we always put on, you know, copyrights and disclaimers and all of that at the end.
0: Right. A good lawyer, a good copyright lawyer is worth their weight in gold. Oh, yes.
1: But, yeah, you know, that's yeah. definitely not my, my fa- favorite part of the process.
0: Now, you as an employee obviously have a contract with the company. Do you have uh-huh. any rights to any of the copyright work that you do? Like your contract, what would you look for in yours? Like ability to use in your demo reel and uh, ability to talk? Because I know a lot of these companies, when they work with big names like Disney and Lego, Um, They'll have non-disclosures. So what do you have or what do you need in your personal contract? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, uh, basically Lego owns everything. Right. Everything we we make belongs to them. So I think on on my demo reel, I can't show any of this stuff at all.
0: Nothing. Mm, I knew Disney was notorious for that. Oh, wow. So how do you tell yeah. somebody that you've worked on that? Can you do it verbally in an interview?
1: Yeah, you know, I have to mime it out, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I haven't
0: contemplated that, this yet, it, huh? It but, uh, well, I'm sorry to bring but, up a hard you know, topic br- there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that that's just the way it go goes, you know. They own the product and, you know, they don't want the product to, you know, be shown just anywhere, so. You right, know, but you can't even use it in a demo or... reel. Yep, yeah, not huh. at, at all. Like even uh, our company, we're not allowed to, you know, show it on our we- website even.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. So, you know, yeah, it's I guess it's are, a balancing act. Do you re- want the experience? Yeah, yeah. It's worth the experience though, right?
1: Oh, definitely. And I mean, the work is su- super fun. You know, I can't believe that somebody's actually paying me to do this, you know?
0: <laughs> right. I get to make stories about Legos. Did you always dream of this as a kid? Not
1: at all. <laughs> you know, I, I was dream- dreaming about being like a race car driver or an astronaut or something, you know? <laughs> but, you know, this is just what happens, you know?
0: Yeah, well, actually, I guess you and I are both of the generation that saw the invention of three D animation. I mean, three D animation oh, kind of yeah. came Edna. about. What was it? Late nineties, early nineties, with like Ants and Bugs Life, and, and some of those.
1: Yeah, well, wasn't um, wasn't the first one the Abyss?
0: Oh, you know, when, yeah, when I had forgot about wa- that movie.
1: Water tree, tree, creature. I think that was, yeah. like, the first one.
0: Well, that was kind of a horror movie, or at least suspense. But the first yeah. kids' movie yeah. was, I think, Ants, or A Bug's Life. I never know which one came first.
1: Yeah, it's something, something like, like, like that, like in the er, early 90s somewhere.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so the modern generation, you know, they've grown up with it, so they know they can be this. But, yeah, our generation, we didn't even know it was coming. Oh yeah, oh, you know cool. we had
1: we had no 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 idea. You know we thought that the jazz drive
0: was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember those. They were expensive. You remember the zip drives they had us use in school?
1: Yeah, they were like a hundred megs. Woohoo! That's like <laughs> nothing today.
0: <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Oh my God, those jazz drives, I think they were like a gig, like a 500 megs or a A gig. gig, And we're like,
1: whoa. And you know, now in my wallet, I have three memories the size of my thumbnail that hold more than that.
0: And they probably cost you 10 bucks. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's totally ridiculous.
0: It's great. Yeah. All right. So the the last letter. Yeah, it is. Progress. It's progress. So the last letter, the acronym appeals. Art, product, presentation, educate, amplify, license, and then success. Like, we talk about success, but I think sometimes we as artists, we don't actually stop to appreciate what success we've had. We just go, go, go. Do you ever stop and like, take account or celebrate or... How do you kind of measure success, especially in the 3D world? Because people watch your stuff and they're like, okay, that was great. Next, click. (laughs) How do you measure success? Yeah. Well,
1: well, you know, somebody's still paying me to do this. So, you know, that that (laughs) must be a success, you know?
0: Well, heck yeah. And you're making movies for Lego and Disney. I call that success.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that, you know... Somewhere around 2014 or thir- 13, the like a lot of the 3D stuff started to go to you know India and Philippines and places like this. Yeah. And you know it became really hard to to sur- survive doing 3D because you know they could do it a lot cheaper in those con- mm-hmm. countries, you know. So if you had a job in 3D beyond that, then, you know, that's a success right there.
0: (laughs) How many jobs in 3D have you had, Casper? Like, we talked about your first one and your current one, but like in between. (laughs) One? (laughs) Guesstimate, One? No,
1: no, no. it's true. One. I think that I'm... uh... I'm very. You're a monogamous animator. Yep, because (laughs) the most of the people that I that I know in the industry, they have worked, you know, at many many studios, you know, wherever they they were needed, that's where they would go. But for me, I had one job for one year straight out out of school, and then I had a second job for like fifteen years. And now I'm on my thir- third job here that I've had for, for like, like a year and a half
0: now. Wow. How did you do that? How do you keep a Yeah, how do you keep a job in 3D animation for 13 years? That's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think that they just liked me, <laughs> I
0: think. <laughs> well, you are very likable. You're very likable, Casper.: Yeah, uh, I talked to Erica, a friend of ours. And she's uh-huh. been all over the place doing effects. Oh, yes. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. you know, Karina, too, she, she's been in, like, what, 25 companies or something ridiculous like that?
0: Yeah. Including Lego itself, right?
1: Oh, yes. So, you guys, oh,
0: yes. for our listeners, uh, Karina will be upcoming. We're going to do an interview with her. So we'll get the other side of the um, working for many, many, many 3D animation uh, studios from Karina in a future episode. So cool. All right. So at the end of the podcast, I always like to ask people about books. And it doesn't even have to be like a book about 3D animation. But what are some of your favorite books that you would maybe recommend or give to somebody? either starting out as a creative or that you just think are like awesome books. You got any book recommendations for us?
1: Book recommendations, you know, I can't even remember the last time I read, read a book. I think, I think (laughs) I do everything online now. (laughs) It's ridiculous.
0: So do you have one of those Kindles or like you read on your tablet or
1: anything? I just read everything off of my phone.
0: OK. Yeah, I've heard 98 percent I mean, um, of people use their phone now.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, 10 years ago, I couldn't imagine I even needed a, a phone, and now, you know, I break into a sweat if I lose it for five minutes. So it's <laughs> ridiculous.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, very addictive. So season this how you read on the Internet, are there any websites or anything that you just love for information?
1: Uh yes. But can I think of them right now? Probably not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I put you on the spot. Sorry. I should have given you a heads up.
1: Well, I guess we we can edit it in when I've thought of something really good.
0: Well, we can always put it down below as well. So in the podcast down below, you are welcome to check out some of the links we've talked about, and Casper will add his recommendations for blogs or books or whatever he thinks about then (laughs) all right all right well i want to thank you so much this has been a really unique episode of the artist appeals well that's it for the artist appeals i hope you've enjoyed it as much as i've enjoyed recording it i just love talking with all these artists and business people it's phenomenal and i've learned so much i hope you've learned something too you can get more information. You can check out some of the links that we talked about in these podcasts at theartistappeals.com. That's theartistappeals, A-P-P-E-A-L-S.com. Thanks and have a good one.